Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here is always with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, Travis. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are so glad you are with us. This week, we are talking to Jackie from the Worcester Voter Registration Initiative and our good friend, Monica, from the Mass Science Policy Network, all about voting, all about kind of last minute stuff to know. But before we get there, y'all know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week? What the um, Before I even answer that question, uh, is Lemmy on your shirt? No, this is a shirt by my buddy, Dave Mahan, and it's, um, it's Rasputin. <laughs> My buddy Dave Mahan is an artist and he, he made it. Oh, okay. He was like a mystic and he was old Russian. So yeah, we used to sell a beer called Old Rasputin at the dive. There you go. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, how was my week? My week was pretty solid. Uh, I, oh, so quick little rerun to last week. Yeah. I talked about, I talked about watching the Menzingers live stream. Okay. And I, I think I said on the podcast last week that I was like, Oh, I hope more of my favorite bands do it. And then like the day after we released the podcast, the get up kids announced a live stream. That's awesome. So I didn't see that. Pretty stoked about that one. It's uh, October 29th. I will be sitting in my living room and watching another one of my favorite bands play. Pretty excited. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Uh, did you watch Saturday night? No, I am hoping to watch that tonight. I think is it's still streaming on HBO max or something. Wait, what are we talking about? Are we talking about two different things? Run the Jewels? Yeah, so that was on YouTube. Yeah, it was... Then Is it still on YouTube? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I know it like oh, it, it like streamed live on Adult Swim, but then they were like restreaming it on HBO or HBO Max or something. Either way, I'm going to try to find it tonight. Okay. <laughs> did you watch but it? I did. It's, was it good? Yeah, it's, it's my Stoke, so okay. we'll talk a bit more about it okay, later. Okay, cool. Um, that's good to know. Cause I, for a second, I kind of thought we were going to have the same stoke and I'm glad that we don't. Um, what else did I do this week? Oh, dude, I tried out Lulu's bakery and cafe. It opened yeah. where the corner grill was. How was that? Um, delicious. The, I got, I got a nice coffee cause that's how I judge everything. Um, and then I got a maple, I got a pumpkin scone with maple frosting. Ooh. It was really, really good. And I got a chocolate croissant, which was delicious. So Naomi got uh, some other kind of scone and a latte and everything was awesome. The people literally couldn't be any nicer. Like, and they've got lunch and she was telling us about all these different specials they have, but we couldn't do lunch because we were getting that dead horse breakfast sandwich again. <laughs> I needed nice. it. I, yo, needed you, you talked about it so much. I'm not surprised. It, it was, we literally knew and I talked about it every single day for a week. So we had to do it. Uh, um, I went to Joe's albums this week. 
super excited about that. Did you get the one he posted? No, that's what brought me in. I, I knew when I saw it, either A, it was already going to be gone. Even though he posted it in like an hour later, I was out of work and like at the doorstep of the store. Um, but I, I mostly figured it was going to be out of uh, my price range, which it was, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. So, yeah, I we're, really. We're talking pretty uh, abstract about it, but what are we talking about specifically? What album? So he has an original pressing, still sealed, uh, BC Boys, Paul's Boutique vinyl. And it kills me knowing that that was uh, a pane of glass away from being mine. Still sealed. <laughs> That's the one bit I can't get over is that even so by buying it, you you can't break that seal. You got to leave it wrapped up and you'll never right. listen to it. So like, the, I, I know, I kind of like fog myself about if it was in the range of pricing that I was willing to throw out, um, would I open it and listen to it or would I just chill and not do that? I don't care that much about a lot of things, but like that record specifically is a whole different animal. Um, so I, that's the only reason why I even was like, I need to go see if I can get this right now. Normally I, I wouldn't care, but. Uh, records to me are the similar to like comic books and they're meant to be used and either yeah. fellow comic book collectors that will get their, these comics graded and then sealed in plastic so that the value stays at a high level, but you can't, open it up and read it anymore yeah. it's now sealed in plastic and then they would argue that they have a reading copy and a display copy but still that's what i was gonna say my my goal my kind of like my game plan was if it was under a certain amount i was gonna buy it and then either um, like while i was there buy a regular copy of it or you know in a couple of weeks buy a regular copy of it to like a recent to. pressing yeah just one that you know it's whatever, but right. cause like, dude, original, oh man, original pressing BC boys, but original pressing that record BC boys is just kind of, I need it in my life. Again, I'm not a collector, but the crossover is, is that run the jewels had a couple covers and there's one of Howard the duck where it's the <laughs> fist and chain and it's, it's, I'm sorry, not Howard the duck, it's Deadpool. Um, but to get that, I wanted to get that one issue but again, I wasn't going to, I wanted the first, I wanted the first run and I wasn't going to spend the hundreds of dollars it would have cost to get it. Yeah. So. Same. But uh, yeah, other than that, we went to Maker to Maine. That's cool. where I got this. Uh, seltzer, Blackberry Citron. Yum, yum. They got all the fall flavors in cans. It's really good. I'm into it. So uh, I got some of that. We got some pumpkin, little like pumpkin-y decorate. Well, they're they're real gourds. pumpkins, but they're like, yeah, some little gourds, you know. Sweet gourds, They just happen, to be, they happen to be on this table. So <laughs> we got a bunch of those. Um, we got some cheese curds, which will fry up because that's going to be so good. And some soup stuff. Um, take it to me. I got palmas the other day. I'm just, I'm back into just eating my way through the city, but I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to stay as like small as possible. I respect the hell out of that. Um, oh, how has your week been? Because I have a feeling you are going to talk about something that I had listed, but it makes sense coming from you. So how yeah. are you? So <laughs> my, I've been well. I've been so a couple of the small businesses that I frequented this week where I went to New Tradition a couple of times because they're next to where I've been hanging out all week. Um, on we... Saturday, I got to see Mandy 
from Pig Out Bakery. The I best. go down there and there's already a line. Like they're already in the weeds, which is to be expected. They're kicking ass. Yeah. Or this is Sunday now, not Saturday. Um, so I, I walk in and the the counter full of pop tarts is getting low and then i'm like oh but there's still two of the cake batter and there's only one person in front of me so my shots are pretty good and then a woman in front of me goes can i'll have two of each and i'm like you trifling hoe oh. like ah oh, you jerk but it's okay because I, I i was like mandy was that really the last one she's like well it was but i have something yes. special i can give you because it's made she with extra love she gave me this adorable little ravioli pop tart. And she told me that the only rule is I had to take a photo of it. And that's when I realized that I, I thought I put it up on my personal, but I put it up on the seltzer time. And I I'm saw like, that. Well, for a second, I was like, did I go to new tradition? Like, <laughs> cause like I do. <laughs> Hence the, the sweat. Yeah, seriously. But, um, but yeah, I legitimately for a second, I was like, wait, we didn't go there today. Did we? Like it kind of talked cause I, I didn't, I don't care. But like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was mad funny. It went up, and then I was like, "Do I change?" Ah, screw it. It's in no. brand. It's on brand. Let it, let it so ride. I also got some sweet corn dogs from um, CC Lowell because this is what they sell the spray caps in. It's a ah. perfect, perfect size bag for spray caps because I've been working on a mural all last week, or not all last week, good amount of days last week, and it's really what I want to do today. Um, I'm working on a mural at the REC Garden on Oriad Street ran by REC, which is the Regional Environmental Council. It's the Youth Grow Garden. Um, they work with like 200 inner school kids or inner city kids from the neighborhood, teach them how to grow vegetables and work the land. Super, super cool. I'm working Still. on the project with my buddy Grimm, where we're doing a collab mural where it's a, a young woman with all the vegetables that they grow kind of represented in her hair and uh, a messaging of keep going, keep growing. So. So super pumped, really nice. close to finish. It's been awesome having like people come out and meet, uh, like hang out with us. Big shout out to Kevin Law um, for hooking up with some donuts and some some chill vibes. He's the best. So I'll tell you more Kevin, about that. Kevin Law. Kevin fucking Law. Oh, miss that kid. Yeah, it was really, really good to see him. And again, he's he's just a ball of joy so you just hang yeah. out with them and uh, i got more on that later cool cool um sean Connolly's live album dropped that was the other thing yeah good point i forgot about that hilarious it's so good it was the first so okay i know we talked a couple weeks ago about Bandcamp, but and i like i maybe like the mental note to like get a Bandcamp account. And there's been a couple things that I really wanted to buy off of there, but I just never do because for the most part, everything I listen to is on Spotify and I have always paid for that. So I do it and then I just buy the vinyl of something if I like really want to own it. Um, so Sean had posted like the pre-order, the pre-order, the pre-order. And I was like, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. And I just kept pushing it off because that's what I do with everything. And then the record came out on Friday. So I started playing it on Spotify and then uh, switched over. Oh, hold on one second. Hi, sorry. 
watching you run back and forth twice. With <laughs> okay. Um, Is there anything else we should cover before ripping into this I interview? I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't. You're fine. We'll catch up with you on the other side. What's cracking, guys? This week on the show, we are talking to Monica from Mass Science Policy Network and Jackie No from the Worcester, oh my God, Worcester Voter Registration Initiative. <laughs> Thank you for coming back, Monica, and very nice to meet you, Jackie. Nice to meet you, too. Hey, how, bad I, <laughs> how bad did I say your name this time, Monica? Actually, you're like on, you're like, I would say like 98% there, like... We've yeah. had a couple returning guests, but I will say that I was most like scared that you were coming back because you're the one I have the hardest. And I feel so bad that I just want to say your name correctly in the way it's supposed to be. Pronounced. I mean, like at least you keep trying, you know, like I have friends who are just like, I'm calling you Monica. And I'm like, that's not my name. <laughs> this is not my name. <laughs> and they're just like, that's it. Like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> like one of my, um, I should probably tell my friend from college to listen to this because like one of our friends, he was just like Monica and like all the time and like just never let it go. And she thinks it's super, she thinks it's really funny. So I had a friend in college named Stefano. And the first time I met him, I swore that his name was Esteban. So I'm screaming his name half cocked at like 1030 at night, screaming his name and be like, yeah, sure. Esteban, don't turn around and say hi. And he turns around and he looks and goes, my name's Stefano, dickhead. <laughs> to this day, I mean, I'd be still in touch. So we brought you guys. Go ahead. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Go dumbass. So we invited you guys to come back or Monica to come back and Jackie to come on to talk about what everybody's talking about right now, which is the election and voting and really what's going to happen, what we're voting for and what's going to happen after that. So figuring leading up to it, you know, how does how does things feel from your side? Do you feel like a lot of people, a lot more people are talking about the election than usual? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm in D.C. right now. So that's either anything anyone is talking about or the last thing anyone wants to talk about. It's so um, it's Polar really thing. split right now. Yes, exactly. I mean, I I don't know, because like. I don't really actually like, talk about the election with anyone like because I'm I'm running <laughs> I'm running like the social media for you know for our group and you know that's where a majority of people have found out that we're even a thing which is kind of like remarkable to me because we don't have that many followers but you know whatever people talk about us like we're like a real thing like when you guys interviewed us in a couple months ago and you were like how long have you guys been around I'm like since April <laughs> like we haven't feel right. that. yeah and you guys also started in like June right mm -hmm. yeah so um you know I don't know it's like I feel like I'm talking about the election every day because I'm posting stuff about it but then in my actual individual life like I'm not actually talking about it to anyone <laughs> um like and I tell people like people and then people contact me they're like oh where do I get this thing or where like I'm like everyone's like election center and I'm like just go to the fucking like Massachusetts state like website like it's all there but then I ha I don't I have to be nice so um the same thing the same thing happens to me with seltzer people are like hey where do I get this new flavor and I'm like I 
I don't know. I don't work for Polar. You can also just go to the grocery store. But that's what happens when you represent an idea as powerful as voting or seltzer. You just become (laughs) your your friend's kind of like point of reference. True. Voting or seltzer. Those two things are on par. They're like of the same level of importance. I hope you understand. It's true. Um, I don't know. So like personally, I feel like, I mean, we were kind of talking about it before the show that this year, it seems like you can't avoid anybody talking about voting. And almost feels like in a lot of cases go vote is a stand-in for get him the fuck out of office kind of deal and i can appreciate that but it also i don't know i like the messaging in the sense that it's not go vote him out but it's literally just go participate civically yeah i mean i definitely have noticed that um you know uh so like massachusetts is Massachusetts is very blue. DC is very blue. Um, Mm -hmm. So when people talk about voting, it's, it's to, um, you know, from the perspective of democratic, like if you look at democratic campaigns, (laughs) like any, anything, anything that's uh, um, sort of like sanctioned by like act blue, which is the, uh, you know, um, sort of like the money, the, the, the way they funnel money into democratic campaigns, it's, it's all like vote them out, vote them out. And then, I think on Republican ends, there's a lot of talk about keeping, you know, keeping Trump in office, like keeping keeping things on the course that they're going. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like, I just don't feel, I mean, like, I know the Hillary Clinton campaign was like that with, with Trump. That's kind of like where it all started. And then, but I don't know if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just thinking thinking about things through like rose-colored glasses, but I just don't remember. Like, I don't remember the Kerry Bush campaign being like this. I don't remember the Obama um, McCain campaign looking like this. Like, I know people like made fun of Sarah Palin or whatever, but like, honestly, like I was actually looking at videos from, from like 2008, right? And like somebody in the crowd, like, called Obama an Arab or something like that because they were like, oh, his name is Obama, like, you know, Hussein, you know, like yeah, Barack, Barack Hussein. Hussein Obama. And like McCain like went and like corrected this audience member being like, no, he's like, you know, whatever. And I felt kind of funny watching it because I remember when I was 18 watching that, I was like, look at these people, like blah, blah, blah. And like, now I'm like, that is the, I wish the campaign was like that. <laughs> right? Civil. Or even like Carrie and Bush, right? Like there was the whole thing about the swift boat veterans or whatever. And they were trying to like, the people. some people were trying to downplay Carrie's service as a Vietnam War vet. And, you know, other people were trying to paint Bush in a certain way with all of the stuff that he was doing. Cause I think the Iraq war was going on at that time in 2004, like had already started. And like, even then, okay, fine. I was 14. I don't remember it the same way other people do, but I just don't feel like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like it was more of a, there was more of a back and forth. And like, I know politics were starting to get pretty polarized after 2000 and even before then, but I personally just feel like the way things have been going for the past four to eight years have been just like really I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how people are going to, like, I don't know how people are going to continue from that, you know? Because yeah. it's like, 
how do you like, are you just going to keep going like this? Because eventually you're just going to have two parts of the country that hate each other. And that's happened yeah. before. Like there was a civil war in the past. True. So like, I'm not saying there's definitely going to be a civil war, but like, I just personally feel that like, like even in rise. my voting period of time, like going back, I, I look back at the way things would go with debates and town halls and it's, it's completely different now. And it's only like 10, 10 years, 12 years later. Yeah. I mean, so I think about that all the time off of a, uh, not necessarily through like a political lens, but through a marketing lens where like, if you look at like, when's the last time you ever watched anything on network TV until it debates, like, you know what I mean? For the most part, people are watching Netflix and Hulu and, and they're streaming whatever they sports. want. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say outside of sports, there is no like must see appointment TV until the debates started happening or the debate happened, I guess. Um, and then it, it, it kind of got me thinking like, what do we do? So like, what do they, you know, what do those networks and like those people are in power, who do they want to run in the next election? Because like, hopefully it's two politicians, but that's not really like good for business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, I almost feel like it has to, like, they're going to put another celebrity on either, you know, on one of the sides. I just because of like the buzz. I can't, I can't, I don't think they'll, I hope not. I like to Me think too. that our I government doesn't. I like didn't even, I didn't even. I like to think even, that our government doesn't run like the WWF or WWE rather. It um, didn't before, but it does now. <laughs> yeah. I don't So like there, I've been just listening to a lot of the pundits talk about it and, you know, there's people trying to turn so crazy state like Texas blue, which is, you know, on paper, a possibility if the voting, if the people are whatever, the polls that they're doing are actually reliable. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a sure thing by any bit. And I still think that the electoral college is going to fuck us like it did in every yep. other, um, like every other election we just brought up every other Republican one election that we just brought up. Um, but to your point, Monica, um, I do remember in years past the vote effort being loud. Um, I mean, we brought up vote or die in our thing. Like I remember P Diddy or Puffy or whatever the hell he was called at the time coming out and making that a big thing. And I saw a lot of like commercials for that stuff. And I was voting at that point um, in 2004, I believe I was, I think I was voting. I anyway, I was old enough. <laughs> Math. I was not. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, but you're like, I was in school. <laughs> well, I was still in school. I just started school. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, still, I mean, I can remember it being loud, but definitely not as loud as now. Jackie, do you want to? I was absolutely voting. I was 19. Yeah. Oh, okay. Word. Um, well, just to go off what you were saying, Monica, I feel like one of the big reasons why I didn't really, well, this is just from my experience, but um, why I didn't really hear a lot about elections before this election was like, no one wanted to talk about it. I didn't have a civics class in school. We didn't really yeah. like have a set aside time where they were like, hey, this is what's going on with our election right now. This is important. Like, maybe you should be involved in this somehow. Um, and I feel like that that's like one of the things that WVRI and I were trying to do over the summer, like try to implement more civic education. 
because it's really the reason why people get so disillusioned from voting is to some extent that like just the conditioning that their vote doesn't matter, that their voice doesn't matter. You know, like if they're constantly told that like, oh, this isn't important or they're always left out of that discussion. I feel like that's a big impact on how they're going to like see the election and like their purpose in like civics in general. So we, you know what I realized? You just like unlocked a memory from my brain, like from 16 years ago. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know if, I don't know if my school ever did this again. Um, and maybe I'm making this up. I don't think I am. Ricky can actually like fact check because Naomi and I went <laughs> to school together. But we had like, okay, so we had like assembly every week because we had like four people at Bancroft. Like there's like nobody there. Wait, you so, went to Bancroft? Yeah, yeah. I was at Bancroft for like four years. We did not overlap, probably. No, no. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. But, no, it's okay. Um, but we... So yeah, maybe you can, maybe you can uh, confirm because maybe they did this later. But when I was in high school, like when I was like a freshman in high school, that was when um, the Carrie Bush uh, election was going on and they did a, um, they had, they had like an election, like we got to vote. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yes. Even though we were 14 and we, we thought it was dumb. Like, like we all were like, okay, fine, whatever. And like, we all were like, it's going to be Carrie. Cause like everyone's parents are like super liberal for the most part. But like, so <laughs> like we had like an election in our school and it wasn't for school, like, um, like council or anything like that. It was for, it was for like the actual president. And so then they like showed the results at our <laughs> assembly. Like, oh, that's super days. interesting. And like, I, you know what? Like, I think that's actually probably how I got more politically engaged because it made me think about the election. And I don't remember if they did anything in terms of like telling us about the candidates. They might have though. Like, they might have given like a a summary of them yeah i'll ask naomi i'm sure she remembers <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah she probably remembers but like but like honestly i think that's actually probably how i got um more more engaged and then when i was like 17 or 18 actually yeah when i was 18 that was in the spring of 2008 which means that the primaries were going on so everybody was talking about like barack obama and john mccain and whatever and so i remember like being in a class like with my friend and we were like talking about john mccain and like barack obama <laughs> but mostly john mccain because i think he had just been chosen as the uh or was going, he was like the, the gonna be the RNC candidate kind of thing. So like, yeah, like, I think you're probably right in that even though I didn't have civics ed education, they did something, like they did one thing and I still remember it. And I think it made enough of an impact on me to like actually give a shit about mm -hmm. politics. Um, but I don't, I don't know if anybody else's high schools are like doing anything like that. You know, mine definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also went to like a small, like I went to West Wilson High School. There was like, mm -hmm. you know, a couple hundred kids go there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't get involved in politics. I registered to vote at a Foo Fighters concert. <laughs> like I was eighteen, and then I think like two, maybe a month or two later was the show. And I just remember being at the DCU Center, 
And I knew like the only like political stuff I even knew was from Green Day and like no effects back when like the Bush stuff was going on. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden this girl walked up to me outside the bathroom at the DC center. She was like, are you registered to vote? And I was like, no, but I should do that. So I registered the vote there and I voted like, I don't know, two months later or a month later <laughs> in, the, in the first uh, Obama run. I yeah. registered the vote the same day I signed up for the draft on my 18th birthday. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, I mean, isn't that still a law? You have to sign up for the draft at 18 if you're an 18 year old male. I think so, but they don't actually like use it. Oh, I know. I actually, no. Like, what is that really? Does someone come to your house if you don't sign up and they're I don't like, know. you need to sign up? I, so I wanted to be a good American. Somebody asked me about this like two weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I ever did that. And they're like, it's illegal for you not to sign up. And I was like, well, then I definitely did. Like, I don't know. I've been uh, an 18 year old or older for like however 15 years now or something. Like, I'm pretty sure if I didn't do something, they would have it would have caught up to me by now. Like <laughs> agents yeah. come knocking on your door, Mr. Ricky Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Chuck, you don't want to take me to war. I'm not that good at Are anything. you like, DJ Dick Chuck? The DJ <laughs> Dick Chuck. Jackie, um, just to circle back to mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about Worcester Voter Register, like what do you guys are doing, what WVRI is doing, and how did you get involved with that kind of an organization? Um, so it's student led and like organized, um, Kenny Amoa, our CEO, shout him out. Um, he reached out to me in like (laughs) in May, I would say. Um, and then that's when we started planning things. At first I just started as like the social media director. We were figuring out content wise. Um, but I feel like our biggest, um, goal is just trying to raise voter turnout, like encourage voter um, and like civic education in Worcester public schools, starting from like middle school. Um, And like, Monica, when you were talking about um, like your like fake election in school, I remember doing that when uh, I was at private school, but I've noticed that there's a big difference between private school education and Worcester public school education, like inner city schools. Um, So that's what we are targeting, just like there are so many voices in Worcester and so many different like diverse perspectives and beliefs. And the fact that our voter turnout rate in 2018 was around 17% was just unacceptable. Um, and yeah. like part of that is just because most people didn't really care. They weren't taught to care. Well, that was also in reference to the, um, the municipal election, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, year. yeah, exactly. So that, and like, that's kind of a segue into sort of like, you know, okay, like what's next? Like we've got specific positions on the ballot, which is like a whole sort of like can of worms in it of itself. Cause like people are aware of like the president and the vice president, they might be aware of Senator Congressman. And then once you start talking about like state Senator, state house representative, all mm-hmm. that stuff, people are like, uh, like I don't yeah. you know does that really matter it does matter first of all and yeah. second of all um like the 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 turnout that you're talking about is like significantly less than what you will see now like they're yes, gonna 100% they're gonna report historic numbers and they already have right like they've already reported like oh there is 1.7 million ballots that were cast for the state primary we've never seen numbers like that and then um, 
2020. And then they're, they're going to, they're most likely going to report very large numbers for the turnout for the general election on, on November 3rd, which is great. But what you're talking about is what's you're basically trying to project for next year, right? Like so yes. 2021, there's going to be a municipal election for Worcester city council for probably for Boston city council, mm-hmm. Somerville, Cambridge, Springfield, like all of these cities. And then you're probably going to see this contraction of what you see now. And like, that's the worst case scenario because that's actually what matters. Like for, like, especially for people in Worcester schools, people staying in Worcester, people, whatever, like, this is all affecting their actual day-to-day life. And then people mm-hmm. are getting real gassed up and bent out of shape about the president. When in reality, yes. it's like, you look at the city council, you look at the city house, whatever. It's the same people. Like mm-hmm. all of the races for state Senate, state house, um, they're all uncontested in, in the Worcester districts. Ironically, yes, they are. I vote in Boylston, which is because I that's where my, like, I actually moved back home. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually here now ironically like for the Boylston like primary there were like three women running for the state house and I was like shocked that I was voting in like a hotly contested primary even though I live in Boylston Massachusetts (laughs) you know so it's just like you know and and but that's what you want like you want that because fine maybe even if the person I voted for or my neighbor voted for didn't actually get um the like the actual nominee spot like you and and I think that person's actually going to go on to an un actually no they're going to be contested but um but anyway even if they do go on to an uncontested race like we talked about this actually at the Worcester Caribbean event that we had last week where it's like the primary actually matters the most because that's where you get the chance to vote for who somebody who aligns the most with your Mm -hmm. most likely and then um you know, and then the municipal elections, all those matter a lot. So it's like, for me, when I look at this huge upheaval that everyone's feeling, and then also the inevitable fatigue that comes with that, because everyone's sick of talking about politics, I personally just feel like what that's going to amount to is just nobody caring at all about the elections next year, because they're gonna be like, okay, fine, we're finally done with that. We don't talk about it anymore. That's bad. That's That's not what we want. Yeah. Uh, and how do you keep up the momentum, though? I mean, like, so two scenarios come to mind. If Trump stays in office, I imagine you're going to see far more people even more civically engaged in trying to figure out how to bring down the... But if Trump is defeated and Biden is elected, I think that plays into your scenario that you're building, that people are going to be like, okay, fine, now we're done. Like, my mother-in-law loves to tout that she hasn't really been political her whole life, but this election is different. So I think that is a lot of people's feelings where as soon as this is done, they're going to hope to not have to think about it for at least another four years, if not longer. If I'm being honest, though, like, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially like my generation or age of people, I don't think that we would view Biden winning as like, all right, it's over. Like, that's more of like a, like, I hear a lot of people like, would you rather like, get shot in the head or shot in the leg you know like that that's the comparison you know so getting shot in the leg still isn't something that I really want and like hopefully people still hold on to that passion of like we can do better than what we are right now Um, that that analogy was used when it was Kerry versus Bush 
Yeah, I know. Like, no, but with that, I love it. That's what I'm saying. It also just goes to push to like, fuck, if we can go back in time and talk to past us, man, like, no, guys, this really isn't even that bad <laughs> in terms. But I, yeah, I don't know. You were going to say something, uh, Ricky? So um, just like personally, I, I, I mean, like I said, I started voting when I was 18, but I never paid attention to like city politics or town politics back when I lived in West Coast and stuff like that really until like this year. I think a lot of that has to do with just, you know, educating myself and understanding how important that is, but then also watching things like the Black Lives Matter movement and defund the police and learning mm-hmm. so much about what's going on with, not that I didn't know about those, but like, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people understood like, the effect that city council has on making changes like on those kind of levels. I think with that kind of coming to light more this year, um, that will play into a higher voter turnout next year. I hope, but I, I just, I don't know, just watching people. I mean, I live on social media. So like seeing people posting way more about how important that is tends to translate into like somewhat higher numbers, I would say. Well, I think we talked about this in with when I was here talking to you guys with Ogave. Um, like uh, Travis brought up the whole uh, um, the attorney general, like what they do, uh, and then we were talking a little bit about district attorneys, um, and then also like governor's council. That that's like another like so if we're specifically talking about like the justice system, for example, like there's the attorney general, which is like your state level, and then um, your district attorney. And then there is the governor's council, which like basically chooses all the judges. That's all, that's on the ballot this year. Um, and then, um, you know, for your state and then, you know, like the city council, like they determine the budget, they basically act like the house or for your city. So like at the, at the federal government level, the house determines basically any tax bill has to start in the house and then any, um, any, any finance related bill basically has to start in the house. And then as we're seeing now with the Supreme Court hearings, the Senate is pretty responsible for who ends up on the Supreme Court. So that's another reason why you should care about um, who your Senator is, for example, that, that's one thing. And then um, city council is similar to the house in that they determine your budget for your city. Like once, I think once a year, right? Or once every two years. I don't know the actual breakdown, but I'm assuming it's yearly. And then um, the Worcester School Committee obviously is going to determine, you know, the public school uh, goings on. Like some some of it's related to the budget, but a lot of it, like right now, the Worcester School Committee is dealing with reopening. What are we going to do if we need to close down? Are we doing halfway remote? Like, you know, all of that stuff, right? And so, again... I like, if we're going to be honest here, (laughs) like I think about all the elections I voted in from 2008 on, and it's like four, right? Like I voted in four elections from 2008 to 2020. In 2020 alone, I voted three times. Like I voted in the presidential primary because I didn't know I could, because I'm not, I'm not um, a registered Democrat or Republican. I love that about Massachusetts. I learned the last one. No close primaries. 
I didn't know that you had to be a, um, you didn't have to be registered with a party. You can just choose a ballot. So that's why I never voted in a presidential primary ever. And then, um, so I voted in a presidential primary. I voted in a state primary. I didn't know that that was a thing. Didn't know that we had a state primary. I didn't know it was in September. And then yeah. I just submitted my ballot for the general. So like in one year alone, I voted almost as many times as I voted in 12 years. And so I can see how people would be intimidated by that though. Cause it's like a crazy amount of information. And so like on our end, one of the things that we really tried to focus on was, okay, we're going to make, even though this thing is like 15 pages long, we're going to make a comprehensive guide so that people can find all the information that they're looking for about the ballot. But like, personally, I would like to like extend that thing and include city politics for next year. But it's like, on my end, I'm like, I hope other people are willing to do that because like, there's gonna need to be, cause like, for example, for all the stuff that we've been doing, like we've been creating like a web of groups that are doing stuff together in Worcester, but then also like across the state. So we had the student power forum at the beginning of the, the month. And then, um, you know, we've been cross posting a lot of our stuff together, which is great. But like, you know, I'm a student, you're a student, everyone's like, we're all transient, right? Like you're not even in Worcester right now. Mm -hmm. um, I might not, you know, personally stay in this area. So I'm just kind of like, I get nervous. Cause I'm like, how is this sustainable? <laughs> and like, you know, I'm sure you also have thoughts about it too. So like, I, I don't know what you guys are planning, but it's one of those things that like, it's on my mind right now. Cause it's mid October and I'm like, all right, what are we going to, what are we going to do now? Oh, sorry. But one of the things that I just to circle back to what you were saying um, with mail-in ballots, I think what, what I'm hoping happens is that they see that it's really not as bad as, as Dickhead saying it's going to be and that people were able to do it fairly easily. And we're going to see a continuation of a simplification of the process to vote where in a point where you actually are going to see the closing of voting centers where we're all going to be able to do it online or the voting centers are just going to have computers where you have to log in with them. If we can deal with our social security information on the internet, there's really no reason we can't cast a ballot. Yeah, like literally, so what astonishes me is how difficult this whole like mail-in ballot process is and like just voting in general, because I can take a picture of a check and it'll instantly get into my checking account, yeah. but I can't vote as easily you know like there's obviously something to that like is there a reason why it's so difficult right now like why why are we making it harder for people when we're trying to actually tell them that this is important to do it should be easier rather than harder agreed yeah i mean you get into the ideas of voter suppression and we can yes. go down a rabbit hole but um <laughs> with if we're trying to continue having people feel like their voices are being heard, that their vote matters, simplifying the process and making it inviting to do almost as easy as renewing your license online at the RMV. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it should be easier. And then again, you have questions about access. I understand that not everybody has access to a computer or access to the internet. Well, that's okay. You now then mitigate out all these extra people and then you create voting centers in those fucking communities where mm -hmm. they can bring in fucking 30 laptops for a day and have people you'd fly through a line. Yeah. yeah, they also kept changing everything. So like I have to like I have to follow like the mass elections Twitter 
and then just like take a screenshot of like what they post that day when they just change something. So like yeah. up until like end of September, it was like you had to send in your application for a mail-in ballot in the mail. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, so it's available online. So then it was like, and I understand that like they don't have the ability to like advertise because like it's the government, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. But on my end, just like trying to like keep up with it to, to make sure that the correct information is out there. It's like, there needs to be like a PR team and like all of these yes. people are, I'm ser- like, I'm serious though. It's like all of, the, all of us have basically like WVRI, our group, other groups, like we've all basically like volunteered to be the PR team for elections. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Made- but like, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't even know if I'm going to be in Massachusetts in a couple of years. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel, I feel a lot of anxiety. I don't know how anyone else feels, but I feel a lot of anxiety about like this role that I've taken and how like, I'm sure someone else will do it, but um, it still requires somebody else to do it. Like, yeah. and I totally understand why people don't want to do it because they don't care or they haven't received, um, they don't know how to use Instagram or they don't want to, they don't know how to use Twitter. Like there's like so many barriers of entry, um, even just for somebody wanting to get involved, right? Like wanting to feel like they're part of it. Um, And like, I know we're all just kind of like bringing up the problems with no solutions, which is is fine. It's not any of our jobs actually to do that. Um, but that's another thing that I'm thinking about, right? Like, of like, okay, who's going to, who's going to even do it next? Like, is there going to be, is there going to be a motivation to do it next? Right. Cause if everything kind of like settles back to the status quo, um, are people going to care? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think about Ob- the Obama years in Massachusetts and everybody was just like, oh yeah, this is great. Cause it's like, we have like a super blue state and they're just like, whatever, like, and no one paid attention to anything. No, like I didn't even realize that we had a state legislature until this year. <laughs> like I didn't even understand that about my state government until now, you know? So like, I don't know. Like, I agree with you, Jackie, that I do feel that your, um, like, I, I guess like what Travis, me and Ricky are all millennials. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're the generation that everybody was shitting on up until right now. Now it's like you guys <laughs> or Gen Z, yeah. Gen Z, right? Cause like they're yeah. all, I, I don't know what they say about you guys, but like, it's mostly, I, from what I've heard, it's mostly like, oh, they, they're really like political and like, you know, whereas with us, they're like, you're lazy. So, um, and you're entitled. And so like, I would, I hope that your generation inspires people like myself and older to like content to do it because you guys are doing a lot. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I would like to hear about what, like what you guys think is what needs to be done next. Cause most of you are like college students and high school students and you've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. Um, well definitely, I feel like one of the, my generation's really radical. Like I could, that that's the adjective I always hear. And I'm like, is it radical for me to just not want people to be assholes? Like that, that's really all we want. Like I will respect your opinion as long as your opinion doesn't disrespect the life of another human being, you know? Like I'm not asking you to think exactly what I'm thinking, but um, one of my biggest fears, like Ricky, you brought this up earlier um, about just like Instagram and um, 
social media in general, how it's like good at raising awareness. But I'm kind of nervous that it's going to do like an opposite type of thing. Like, so you guys remember Blackout Tuesday um, and like yeah. when the petition of George Floyd, there were double the amount of posts for Blackout Tuesday on Instagram than there were for signatures on um, George Floyd's petition. Oh really? Doesn't that, yes, double, double, okay? And like my biggest problem with um, just like social media in general is just like performative action. You're doing it as like a symbol, like as like, oh, I just want people to think that this is what I believe. But there's no like real substantive change or like subs- yeah. like there's no real path or like plan for what we're going to do. You're just doing it to make yourself look good on social media, like exactly. to be some social justice warrior. And I'm like, like that, that's not cool if nothing is really going to happen, you know, because yeah. it's easy to just post a picture and be like, all right, I did my part um, because it's not directly affecting you. And this is like the case for a lot of like social justice issues. People tend to only care about things when it affects them, when something like they're going to be hurt from it, you know, or like you always hear like, that's someone's sister, that's someone's daughter, instead of just that is a person, you know, there shouldn't have to be a connection to you, or you being hurt for you to care that someone else's life is like, damaged, or um, they're suffering, you know, I feel like empathy needs to be emphasized more. Um, But like, this reminds me of Occupy Wall Street. Do you guys remember that? Yep. So, like, I was basically, like, your age when, because you're, like, uh, like you're in college, right? Like, I, I was a senior in college when Occupy Wall Street happened. And so, so basically, like, that was our thing, right? Like, that's, like, like everybody, like, people, like, left, like, went to New York to go to Occupy Wall Street kind of thing. And, like, every, it was, like, the same exact commentary of, like, what is this actually going to do? Like, this is all just a thing like and and people who were part of it were like oh but we're like we're like here I'm like on the street like you know I'm not I haven't I'm I haven't been home for a month kind of thing which like okay fine but like what what did it actually do like I can't even tell you what Occupy Wall Street did other than the whole concept of of the one percent a lot of damage It really did. Like there was a lot of damage that was done to the land that they occupied and to bring it back. <laughs> I'm serious. To bring it back took a lot of tax dollars. Yeah. And like, so like Blackout Tuesday obviously isn't as like openly destructive as, as um Occupy Wall Street, but like, it's the same concept though, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, we have an idea, it's symbol, but like, what does it actually translate into? Um, mm-hmm. And like, I have found, I remember feeling the same exact way of like, I don't understand why people need this connection for people to care, but I'm going to be totally honest. Like the only reason I've been so openly like learning so much about the government and then sharing it with people is because the, um, in 2017, the, um, sort of like the, the tax bill that was going through that was going to get rid of the tuition, potentially get rid of the tuition waiver for grad students, which would basically make me liable for my tuition that's as a PhD student that's waived. Like they treat, they're going to treat it as income. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that is not my income. Like that is, that is a, that is a accounting 
thing that the school does for whatever reason and every school does it and so so i go to a state institution so it wouldn't be that much but for people who go to like yale harvard columbia whatever uh even like um bu like your your tuition is like eighty thousand dollars a year or forty thousand dollars a year so they basically would treat your income as like eighty thousand dollars a year when you're making actually like 30 <laughs> so then That's you would owe taxes wild. So they didn't go through, but a bunch of grad students like myself, like freaked out on social media and they were like, do you see this? Like, and then that like translated into everyone has to go to Like that, that's how it worked for me. And, and I've, and I was, I was active in 2016, but then I, I like became like legitimately active in 2018. And so I really feel like there needs to be like what you're saying, like civics education, I think that would help. I agree with you that people don't need, like shouldn't need a personal connection, but maybe if people actually learned about the government and like what it's yes. doing, then they could yes. make that connection for themselves. Yeah. Right? yeah. I agree um, with that. But I also think that what Jackie said kind of rings some, some unfortunate truths that a lot of people there's going to be no personal connection and it doesn't matter because they don't want to educate themselves anyway on, on civics. And like for some people that uh, basically anybody out of school that is not wanting to learn, they're not going to go back and spend the time to do it. So to me, the strategy would then become, how do you make something that is as replicable as blackout Tuesday, as the ice bucket challenge, but make it to the point where it's, somehow civically responsible or positively in reinforcement something that somebody can virtue signal all fucking day long but again whatever they do is still pushing the you know the common goal towards the finish line it's like how do you use people against themselves basically so that kind of happened <clears throat> excuse me uh like a month ago um david dobrik who's like a huge youtube guy he he's like super famous for giving away cars so he was offering to give away five Teslas to people who registered to vote. And it was like the single largest day of registering to vote like ever. But it's like that dude is, I mean, I don't know anything about David Dobrik. <laughs> I've never I watched a video. Like I know who he is. You talk about like, somebody that needed a jump off point, not to jump over you, but he has, he's a DACA recipient. And because Trump was taking away DACA, he became very politically so keep, keep, keep going keep going okay with yeah. no so i think like i mean getting creative with you know going forward like i i mean i like work in social media so i i'm extremely passionate about it but using that as like a tool which people are like you watch the kids on tiktok who like i mean i know they they did it to like kind of mess with trump but they've done it to like they would i mean last week they were they ran this like campaign to watch biden's town hall on as many devices as possible to like up the viewership like mm -hmm. they're doing these little things that kind of come off like a little like they're kids but they're they have the right intention like they are they're engaged and then you watch a guy like david dobrik who has the attention of every single person under the age of 30 basically and he I don't know if he, I don't know if we partnered up with to get the Teslas, but just doing something like that, where like, you know, he's going to come through on it. He's a voice that kids trust, 
and he's going to do, he's going to use their language to speak to them instead of like the, like one of the candidates, like sitting there watching a town hall, like most of those kids who had it on probably don't care what these two old guys have to say that none of them really like appreciate or respect anyway, but they like appreciate and respect David Dobrik and Selena Gomez. And like, you know what I mean? Like you need those types of people to do it. So you basically need those type of people to somehow sneak in education where they can teach people what voting does and like really what these individual positions do and why they're important, but they still come off as approachable. You know, it's basically knowledge wrapped up in a fart joke. Yeah. It's because they have a platform though, you know, like exactly. that's like, that's why when I see people who have that like audience reach and you have so much influence on people, but you don't take advantage of that. Um, it's kind of just sad, you know, like universities have a platform. So, um, in one of my classes, we talk about free speech in schools, um, and like in private campuses. And, um, one of the biggest things that like advocators of, um, like correct speech or educational speech is that in like school settings, it's not that we're limiting different ideas, but it's that these ideas have to be based on facts because they have a platform. People will trust what they're going to say. So if you have that platform and you aren't giving real information that is backed by credentials, what's the point in having that platform? Um, it's kind of manipulative. Agreed. Yeah. And looking at sports, um, like the NBA, in my opinion, took like huge strides this year, both by pulling off like an extremely successful tournament without having any COVID cases positive, but also they like, they let their players use their social media to speak out and they let them put uh, like different sayings in the back of their jerseys. And they really did the absolute opposite of what the NFL has done forever. <laughs> including like be safe with their players and they've kind of in my opinion i mean i know they they didn't leapfrog the nfl but the nba is a younger person sport anyway and to like speak to younger kids the way that younger kids want to be spoken to i think that is like a huge deal with going forward like you're going you're always going to have the nba and even the nhl for some some respects was a little more like the players were a lot more outspoken and they kind of like took the the leash off of them where the MLB, they don't let you use your, your personal social media for anything outside of like a brand deal or promoting a game or whatever. There's a lot more restrictions on it, which is completely insane. You have like America's pastime, but you're not allowed to speak on anything. And then you have the NFL, who's the biggest sporting thing in North America. And they're not allowed to, or, or they choose not to use that platform. And then when they did use that platform, it became a, like a scene. It's kind of wild. Yeah. They yeah. Made a second guesses about selling you beer and cars. <laughs> what are you saying, Monica? I was going to say that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it's funny. Cause like you guys are like saying, I was literally talking to somebody like on the phone last night about this very thing, like how Shaquille O'Neal was like, never, never voted. And this year he's voting. Yeah. And um, my friend was like, it doesn't matter if he votes, like he's going to be fine no matter what. I'm like, I know, but like, 
it's not about Shaquille O'Neal voting. It's that Shaq recognized he had a platform to get people that care about him to maybe register to vote for the first time. He's like, I know, but like, why do we need that? And I'm like, I don't know, but like, it just is what it is. And either people are going to have something that affects their bottom line with like what I was talking about, where I might get taxed on money I'm not even making versus um, this other guy having a, being a DACA recipient and that potentially being taken away from him. Like, yes, unfortunately, like when people's bottom line gets affected, they start to, they start to care about this more. But what I am concerned about is that you have people who never had a bottom line because they already are marginalized. Right. So like Mm -hmm. people like that, you know, they're like, I don't care because no one ever cares anyway, right? Like, why would yeah. I Why would I ever participate? Yeah. Why would I ever bother? Because they're not in a position of privilege like me where I was not, I was not getting messed around with and then potentially I am. Whereas like, if you're a person who pretty much always has been in a position of like getting the boot in your face because of just like, where you live or your race or your income bracket um, or immigration status or something like that. Um, it's a lot harder to get people to care about that. So in some cases, like, yes, celebrities can speak to people based off of their follower count and all that kind of thing. Maybe then they'll care about it. Right. Great. But like that has a ceiling, all of that has a ceiling. Right. And so um, I feel that, you know, then there's like, okay, then who do people trust, right? Like who do people trust in their communities? And then how can those organizations be involved? Unfortunately, a lot of the times, sometimes it's not always, but sometimes it's nonprofits, right? Like nonprofits that work with communities and actually like work to to do stuff with them. But the problem with nonprofits is that they're all 501c3s for the most part. So they have to be nonpartisan. So they can't really get involved with politics unless they're a 501c4. And 501c4 is usually only at the national level. Um, Mm -hmm. And they can do political activity. So it gets hairy, right? Because then it's like, all right, then who can facilitate this? Like who... Like for example, in Worcester, like who who is the equivalent of the NBA in Worcester or Shaquille O'Neal or David Dobrik? I don't know this guy. Join so. their Lucas. Sorry. Sorry? Oh, yeah. just join their Lucas, maybe. That's <laughs> He's no, always though, right? Like who? Yeah. Who can we think of? Like, because like because it is yes, the national level is important, but like it when you get down to the microcosm of each individual city or state, then it becomes this question of like, okay, how do we facilitate this on the on the lower level and I don't have an answer to that but like I personally feel that that's one of the things that I'm concerned about because it's like you're you're expecting nonprofits to do a lot of this work and sometimes they do but they really 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 have to be careful about how much political activity they're engaging in because they cannot do it they will lose their 501c3 status if they keep doing it and so then it now becomes the the honestly probably the chore of um me- local media like people like you guys that are having yeah. people like us on your podcast well i was gonna say like yeah worcester doesn't have like a david dobrik or i mean even jordan lucas like he's only in worcester for like two days a year but <laughs> but like you have people like you who started what you guys are doing and th- like 
you guys make really simple, eye-catching, shareable content, which is perfect because then you got like us who we like definitely have a tie our shoes. Exactly. (laughs) But I mean, like we definitely have a platform and like we know that people are paying attention to the stuff that we do, but I wouldn't know a lot of things that I know now if it wasn't for somebody like you who kind of simplified it down to a thing that like I could understand, but also we repost it and then other people see it that way. And it's kind of like that, like kind of like a trickle down effect, right? Cause like, you're going to have followers that, that we don't have, and we're going to have followers that you don't have. But if your message is out there and then we're showing all of our friends, they're showing all of their friends. It's kind of like a, it's like a, like a, what do they call it? It's like a, uh, orgy of information. Yeah, exactly. I love that. There's like an influencer effect, but then there's like a micro influencer effect. I think in terms of politics, the micro influencer is more important because people trust you and your opinion and they trust us and our opinion. And like, not that we should be influencing anybody, but it's not like we're telling them who to vote for. We're just telling them like, Mm -hmm. Hey, if you want things to not be annoying, (laughs) you have the power to go like do something about that. And even if honestly, like, even if you are like, I obviously am not conservative, like, you know, by the, the come out of my mouth, like it is very clear. We're we're pretty open with where we're used land as well yeah i'm independent truthfully like i have some republican leanings but i'm mostly liberal but you know um but even on the flip side right like for people that are conservative like there's a reason why we never um put down anything specific because i was just like well i don't want to alienate people right like oh yeah because like i don't because the thing is like some people are going to be conservative about one thing, but not the other and like, and vice versa. And like, I never really know with people because you, you just don't, because like, this is something that makes people very uncomfortable. Like they don't want to talk about it. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, and it, it's good. It's good to see that. And this is definitely the first time I've seen it. And granted, I'm like very actively involved in it. But um, personally, I just feel that there needs to be a sustained effort and, um, like a five-year plan like that would be great but it's hard to do it's hard to do with the people that have that have volunteered themselves to do it because we're all like we're we're all just kind of like in the wind right now like we're all just sort of like you know doing what we need to do and and I really hope that with WVRI like just like you guys have the high school ambassadors right yeah yeah um but um something with WVRI like we are nonpartisan. um I personally am not obviously because I'm a person, but our organization is. But when we first started it, I was really clear on um, there are certain issues that people frame as political in the sense of right and left. But I do not think that human rights issues are either Republican or Democrat. And I will stand by that. I do not think that that is like a breach in our nonpartisan like saying that people should be treated with dignity and respect is not a Republican or Democrat thing. That's a human life type of thing, you know? Um, And so like we, I tried to like, we um, did an article this week. I'm actually finishing it today. Um, But so an intern wrote an article and we're going to make it into an Instagram post on just Donald Trump's platform and Biden's platform on like defense, healthcare, immigration, COVID, like just certain things. Um, 
as objective as possible. I'm literally just taking it from nonpartisan, their website, like just real credible sources so that people can actually just compare them. I feel like a lot of people don't really know, like people will be like, oh, I support Trump or I support Biden. And I'm like, oh, like, tell me, like, do you like their economic policy? And they're like, I don't know what it is. Like, they just said they're going to help. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe you should learn more about that. So we're just trying to make it as accessible as possible. I agree. It's, let's make it accessible. Potentially, let's consider an event with Joyner Lucas and Dennis Leary, where they get to come <laughs> out and uh, tell everybody to come vote. Maybe we get Ricky, whatever his name is, from The Voice. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think you're about me. I was like, wait, what? No, no. The, the more important Ricky. Uh, yeah, just like, kidding. Is there anything you guys want to throw out there before we let you guys go? Well, we didn't get to do talk about ranked choice voting. <laughs> oh yeah you want to do it want to do that? that no i genuinely appreciate how upset you were about that we didn't get a chance about talk about i i will talk about i even have my book oh my we god about it. Yeah, I mean, let's like, do it yeah. we, we talked about do it, real quick. it on um <laughs> we talked about it on no this is good this is good we talked about it on the um the uh the town hall we had last week with uh the state senators so state senator moore and chandler who are the worcester representatives and then um uh daniel donahue donald oh my god daniel donahue who is the 16th district representative i almost said donald hugh god (laughs) Um, anyway, I'm so sorry. He was great too. He was really, he had like a, a lot dude. of really cool stuff to say. So I feel really bad. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, he's a good anyway, dude. Anyway, um, we talked about it um, with people's concerns about it. Uh, and uh, it was a really, it was like a very like uh, riveting conversation. So we should totally- Are you telling us to go check out that conversation instead? No, I'm just saying that like we can continue oh, it. But in you addition should. to perfect. But you should like so multiple Jackie. sources, guys. Multiple sources. <laughs> exactly. Jackie, do you want to hit us with the brief, like the I don't know, pros and cons so much as like what we should consider about it? Um, yeah. So um I feel like one of the best ways that I explain it to people in the simplest way possible, um, like my family, they're really not politically active. Um except until very recently when I got really into it, um, it kind of just like spread, which is really nice. But I would say that it just counts more of the opinions of the people voting than just whoever has the most um, percentage. Um, So like you do top three and it doesn't work with more than what five, right? Because then it kind of just gets stupid um but they tally up um yeah so like it splits up the um votes in a way uh like the delegates for the electoral college if the first the person who got the number one spot in voting if they have more than 50 percent um then they get the delegates right um but then the second and third are also tallied so I feel like it's just a nice way to actually gauge the full perspectives of like a town. Um, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. So you can add I, on. <laughs> I, I've I think, heard a lot of people having success with it in Maine. I know they've had it for a few years now and um, yes. talking to some people that experienced that they enjoyed it and they liked it, being able to have more than just an A or B, a binary choice instead. Mm-hmm. 
Was it for a governor? Is that what you're talking about? They were talking. I think that, I don't remember the specifics. It I'm was trying to remember casual. the first time it showed up. I want to say it was for governor in 2018, but I could be wrong. Um, uh, in Maine, specifically. Sure. But what were you saying before? I cut you um, off. So some things that people were talking about that I like honestly had not even considered last week was that um, there's a concern that it will be slow. So I guess like the, the counting of the votes will then inevitably take more time because now you have to take in the whole ranked choice component of it rather than just like, okay, who got this and who got that and who wins, um, which I mean, I think some of that could be really, really easily mediated, but the fact that things are like computers now. So, like, mm-hmm. so I think I think it's just easier to get things done faster now than it was like, because I guess apparently the city of Worcester had ranked choice voting until the 80s. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Um, that was Representative Donahue who was laying down facts. Um, and then Senator Chandler was talking about how um, she was like, you know, in off or I don't know if she was in office. I think she might've been when it was happening and it was, it, it took a long time, but it was, uh, I guess the reason that they have the district seats and the at-large seats now on the Worcester City Council is because there was over-representation of the West Side on Worcester City Council. So then they divvied it up into districts and then had the at-large seats. But prior to ranked choice voting being taken away, in Worcester, like basically everybody was an at-large seat. So then you would get, I guess, more even distribution of the um, the counselors. But I guess some of the concerns that people have are, you know, when people are ranking like one, two, three, four, five, like how are they going to do that? And then like who who's going to get the number one. So then I, I guess maybe then it comes down to concerns about the campaigns, like which campaign has more money so that they're able to get all of that out there. Um, personally, I haven't really looked into it as much as I should and just kind of like looked at the background, like the booklet that you're talking about that, um, that you're like, I can take it out. Um, they have the arguments um, from both sides right like they had the argument from the yes camp and the no camp and mm-hmm. you know their campaign they're like political campaigns so that so they're very like opinionated like you're going to be reading like just straight up opinions on either mm-hmm. side and you can kind of I guess maybe gauge what opinion feels best to you when you're making that decision that that booklet is also available as a pdf on the on the Massachusetts state um commonwealth website so you can like pull it up on your computer and read through it. Um, I know nobody talks about the right to repair law, but that's number, that's question one. <laughs> um, and that's also an important uh, question as well. And so the the opinions for either side of that are in there. Um, I kind of like took a cursory glance through it and then just chose whatever. Um, but people seem to think it's going to diversify um, the candidate pool. I don't know what you guys think about that, though. I don't know enough about it. (laughs) So I feel like one of the best arguments in favor of it that I've heard um, is that it kind of, um, it helps to stop negative campaigning. Because so if one candidate wins 50% of the votes, they're just declared the winner. It doesn't matter the rankings. 
but um it kind of just prevents like someone winning and they only win by a little bit like splitting the vote between like a bunch of democrats um like-minded people i guess but um even if you don't win the first slot you still want the second slot so that you can be in the running um and doing like negative campaigns might just make you look they're like oh well like for second place do i want someone who just talked bad about someone like i feel like that was a big um influence for me like siding with that but um at the same time like it might just make people more confused because if you're going into the election not even knowing like a good amount about either any candidate i feel like you just might be more dissuaded not to because you're like oh this is harder but um you can counteract that by like giving out like informational pamphlets at like voting centers um having that ready so that they can like like maybe look at it when they're doing it or just like okay like let me see like some of these topics before i rank them um, yeah but i just like it because like it just helps more voices to be heard and that's the best way for democracy to work well said exactly <laughs> thanks all right i think we should probably button it up there more voices for democracy because it's stronger when more voices are heard. Awesome. I agree. I'm into it. Thank you both again for coming on and for uh, dropping some knowledge on our listeners. How do they find you on the internet, guys? Okay. Oh, um, you can go first. <laughs> okay. By the way, WVRI um, or our website, WVRI.org. Awesome. On all platforms. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, and then we're same in terms of like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is M A S C I P O L network. So Mass I Paul network. It's not easy to say. Um, but yeah, same places. We'll eventually have a website too, but um, we're still working on it. Well, I want to thank Sweet. both of you for coming on and for spending the past 45 minutes talking with us about voting and stuff. And thank you for what you're doing for trying to get the knowledge out there. Yeah, this was really fun. Um, I love just talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Well, that was super fun. Always a good time talking to Monica and meeting Jackie for the first time. It was super cool learning about what they're doing to kind of get out the vote and continuing to educate people. Um, that was a great conversation about simplification. I mean, there's so many parallels that can be drawn between marketing and, and getting just the voting effort out. And yeah understanding how people react and do things basically getting them to do what you want them to do is interesting exactly um i mean like i said in the thing the uh the thing the interview my bad um in the interview like having monica's platform kind of break down the issues and, and just kind of getting resources out there and making it as understandable as possible and unbelievably easy to share that information uh I think it's a huge asset. Just, I mean, I, nobody wants to hear like me talk about that stuff and I don't know enough about it to, to pretend like I'm like this expert. So it's kind of cool to have somebody who knows a lot more and understands that world a little bit better, kind of break it down, yeah. make it easily digestible. And it's only going to help further the message and get more people in line or not in line so much as more people understanding the power yeah. and the importance. So, oh, yeah. Thank you, ladies. You guys are fantastic. Thanks. Ripping into some stokes and pokes. Let's do it. Take us away, Solon. When you hit them with those stokes, ow!
slap him with those pokes. Oh, yeah. Stokes and pokes. All right. So I'm going to start with a poke. I normally, yeah. Uh, like we were talking about, I am working on a mural out at the REC Garden in uh, Main South, Oriad Street. The other night we projected, this is now Wednesday night, I believe. Um, so I got my outlines done that night. And Jess Walsh, being as amazing person as she is, got us pizza because we didn't eat and we were just too busy working to eat. So she made sure that Grim and I had some food. Grim, Mike and I, Mike P, shout out Mike P. Um, and then we took that pizza, left it in the car overnight because we knew we were going back on Thursday to do a full day of painting. And at lunchtime, brought out the pizza. And that's when Kevin Law showed up and was hanging out with us. And we put it down on, like, on the side where we had a little hangout had some pizza and then we left it there and didn't really think about it. Then like four o'clock goes back, comes and Grim's like, man, I'm going to go grab another slice of that pizza. And I pop my head around the corner and there's a cat just on top of the pizza box. And we were like, what the fuck? And the cat looks up and it has half a slice of pizza in its mouth, half eaten. <laughs> it's like a half eaten pizza beard. And the cat just like looks at us, drops the pizza and runs. And we're like, oh no. And then it chewed oh. out a corner of the pizza box to get in and eaten like the better part of three slices. That's amazing. <laughs> so then fast forward to yesterday where Kevin's there. Kevin comes back. He's hanging out. He brought us donuts. And I told him he can't leave the donuts over there. He was like, why not? And I'm walking over and I'm just like, cause we were hanging out over here. And then a cat came up and then we hear this tiny little mew, 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 mew. And we're like, see, there's kittens around here somewhere. And Kevin's like, there's not around here. He points down at the grass and the smallest gray kitten like, I cannot emphasize how small this cat is. Just comes walking out of the tall grass, just screaming its little kitty head off. Like, uh-huh. adorable. Like, adorable little kitty. So we're like, uh-oh, what do we do? I give it a little piece of donut. And I'm again, I call the first person I thought of that has rescued tons of animals and had a history as a vet tech. I call Jess Walsh. Um, and she's like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But can you hear this? And the little cats go, meow, 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 meow. She goes, Oh my God, is that a kitten? I'm like, yeah, it just found us. She's like, do I need to come with a box and food? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. You read my mind. And she did. She was awesome. That's awesome. Um, so my poke is, I'm going to say what Bob Barker said, get your populations, have your pets spayed or neutered. Um, these are definitely street cats. These are definitely feral cats. Um, thankfully, uh, Grim has a friend, my buddy Art Grim, that's painting the mural with me, has a friend that's also a vet. So she came out, she took the cat home for the night to just kind of check up on him and make sure that he's that he's healthy and cool. And Grim, I believe, has himself a new kitty. So Aww, that's awesome. Currently, the cat's name is Montana or Monty. Makes it. So take care of your pets. Make sure they're spayed and neutered. And uh, yeah. All animals deserve a good home. I am absolutely stoked with how awesome the Holy Vote concert was. Um, I tried to stay up Saturday night and watch it at midnight. And then I fell asleep on the couch at 1130 because it was a whole day of painting. Mm. But um, I was also having my buddy move. Helping people move. I love this kid, but help him move. Um, 
it was it was like the production level is so fantastic the whole thing is uh hosted by eric america andre the best uh, really laid into the whole voting thing and again it was a lot of like go vote with the message of holy fuck we're on fire if you don't go vote he actually literally said it at one point how we're all fucked if they don't go do it um but then it was also the first public performance of run the jewels four and this album came out in the middle of quarantine i'm giving myself goosebumps even thinking about it came out at a time right after the death of of george floyd and right in the middle of you know the 2020 fucking whatever movement that happened year of what yeah i don't even know what you call it um so to actually have them perform every song off that album um they had some people live, but a lot of people sent in video performances. They had Zach De La Rocha and Two Chains and Pharrell Williams and Mavis Staples all on video behind singing their parts. Um, they had, oh my God, what's the dude from Ooh La La? I can't think of his name off the, all of a sudden. Should have wrote it down. Uh, Something Mike. Nope. No, it's um, Greg Nice. Yeah. They had Greg Nice come out and he was he was live in person doing it. So um production level was insane they had lights it felt like it was like a full-on stage show and then what they did with walking in the snow um was was like that track came out and we've talked about it here on the show where it came out and it felt like it was topical now and it was already written to the what they did during the performance during mike's verse is they let them they let it hang on the i can't breathe they cut in real close and then he did the next bar acapella I'm, I'm, I swear to God, I'm giving myself goosebumps thinking about That's it crazy. because it is so powerful. And, and Mike has a way with words and a way with thoughts and a way with presenting information in like, a, you can't ignore this because this is how it fucking is. And it was, it was so powerful and it was amazing. So I cannot, I cannot suggest it to people enough to go check out that, that performance. And then right after that, if you need something to laugh at, go listen to Sean Connolly's new album because, uh, that's a nice little palate cleanser after the fact. He's the best. And that's what I have. What do you got for nice. us, Ricky? Dope. Um, all right, cool. So my poke, uh, again, my I just need to poke allergy season because my eyes are itchy. My neck is itchy. I'm so sick of Benadryl. And, like, my mouth is dry. And it happens to me, like, it actually doesn't even happen every year. But it usually, like, when it does, it's, like, once or twice a year. I just my allergies kind of flare up and it, I didn't even get like a warning shot this year. Like usually it's like the night before I'm like, Oh no, I can kind of feel it again. You know, this like rawness. Um, and I'll like pop a Benadryl or two and go to sleep and wake up in the morning and I'm totally fine. Uh, <laughs> I woke up on Saturday and was like, no, this is bad. I'm like way into it. And it's just gotten worse. And today it's not as bad, but it's, I'm, wildly uncomfortable right now <laughs> you sound a little congested yeah i'm just I'm, I'm i'm sick of it i didn't sleep very well so it's like it's it's not a fun day to be me um but yeah so that's that my stoke is uh lindsey pope a former guest of ours has started a new clothing company called thinking caps um mm-hmm. it's geared towards like children, but like raising awareness and, and kind of like curating or starting a conversation with your kids or even like just the youth in general, um, about what's going on in the world. 
and the first line. So 5% of every sale is getting donated to No Kid Hungry, which is awesome. Great. Uh, and then, exactly. So they're, I guess what they're going to do is they're going to release these in collections. So like right now, the first collection uh, is called Fight for Your Rights, where they talk a lot about, you know, voting and like it's geared obviously like these none of these kids are like old enough to go vote but just getting them kind of aware of what's going on and, and why it's important and what some of these issues mean um while having like really fun like cool ass little designs and she's got like a bunch of like cool trucker hats and they come in like adult sizes too so that way like you know, adults can wear them as well you could match your kids exactly um but yeah, then they've got like one that's dedicated to the post office, which is really cool. Uh, homeschooling. And then my favorite one says the young are at the gates. I think it's like such a badass battle cry. But yeah, really cool. so let's, shout let's out Lindsay rest. for always doing awesome stuff. And yeah, let's build a culture of young voters yeah. that, that get civically engaged at super young ages. I don't exactly. see downside. I'm going to drop my ballot off. Uh, in like a half hour. <laughs> Hell yeah. It finally came in. I was kind of, I kind of just figured I would have to go and vote in person because it's like we're getting close to crunch time. Uh, my vote came in and we sent it out next day and we've followed it all the way in, checked on mass.gov and made sure that it has been accepted. So oh, both cool. Sarah and my vote have been accepted. That's dope. Yeah. And Sweet. Yeah, Naomi got hers like a, I don't know, last week, the week before, and like her stuff's already all set. So now it's my turn. <laughs> Yay. Yay, go me. All right. Well, I think you've done it, people. I think you've wasted another hour listening to us talk. And for that, we're forever grateful. Um, I don't know who I want to win the World Series because it's the Dodgers and the Rays. And I think it would be amazing if the Rays won because what a story. That team has like zero superstars on it. Like, literally, I don't think we have a single person who is like a top. 100 player and then you have the dodgers who are have a lot of superstars but they have mookie Betts, and i love him so much and i it's very hard to hate this dodgers team because like they're just so they're so good and they have a lot of really good players that i enjoy to watch so i think um literally for the first time all postseason i'm gonna watch a baseball game i'm gonna watch this whole series i'm excited I'm pretty stoked that I had no idea who was even playing. I mean, they just, I think the, the Dodgers won last night. Uh, they went to a game seven against the Braves, which is another team that's awesome. But I think it's just, it's good for baseball. It's good having LA in there. Obviously it's great to have a, a very small market, zero expectations team like the Rays in there. But I also think it's cool that the Dodgers have like fun players on their team and it's not, you know, your Manny Machado's and, those guys that I can't stand. Yeah. So on Screw that note, Manny Horchata. watch baseball. <laughs> Manny Horchata. Uh, drink mezcal and oh, yeah, I'll bathe in seltzer. That's it. That's all I need. You find me on the internet at hunchback Travis. Find us at seltzertime.com. You, you, you can find me at dickchuck 77 or seltzer time official or all the other ones that I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> George, just look outside Worcester somewhere. You probably see him skating by. It's true. I'm usually out there. Although not right now, because I got to try to stay out of outside. <laughs> so stay in. So I gotta, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, everybody should go check out the YouTube channel and watch Ricky's vlogs that he's been putting up and give him some, <laughs> give him some positive feedback. Cause he, 
he's been working hard and trying to make his life more interesting, or at least okay. appear more interesting. Something like that. Something like that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so go vote. See you guys later. Bye.